What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Clayton Cuteri Takes on the World. Uh, today, I am joined by the lovely, beautiful Hannah Stone. Hannah is a, I guess she's a personal trainer, um, but, and I hesitate because I guess she has multiple different avenues at which she does her personal training. Um, but today, we're here to get the scoop of uh, Hannah Stone and how she became a personal trainer. So, Hannah, welcome, and how are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. First of all, I am doing absolutely amazing. I'm having an amazing day. Um, yeah, so I'm a personal trainer. I work uh, virtually, especially since COVID started. I I have a, a lot of plans, uh, like a lot of different programs online. If it's like one-on-one or if it's like, uh, you know, through an app where I build programs for people or if it's like a weekly live Zoom that, whoever wants to join can join or I have a eight weeks course that already pre-recorded um yeah and I'm a recipe creator uh, I'm creating a lot of recipes that are plant-based super clean super easy super healthy and uh easy to make and um yeah and I'm I'm very much doing? into mental health as well Oh, I love it. Those are two of my favorite topics. So let's dive into both of them. Um, but starting off with the, you know, the health, did you feel like there was like a difficult transition whenever uh, the Rona hit or did you, were you kind of ready for it all? Were you kind of doing online stuff already? So I, I wasn't really doing on st- uh, online stuff. I was going, like, I, w- I always wanted to do it because I always felt like this is like the, the next thing. And this is like something that I can get to more people in this platform and I always wanted to do it but I you know it's been tough and it's been hard with COVID but uh I'm glad that it happened because at the end of the day like this is what like made me it kind of pushed me in a way it kind of like uh led me into where I wanted to go anyway so I know it's been like tough time for everybody but um I feel like it's it was actually a good thing for me and I believe that this is kind of like it kind of like pushed you to force you to dive like more deep into it to make it a thing. Yeah. It kind of like left me no choice and kind of like, uh, forced me, you know, it kind of forced you. Well, before we start getting too deep down that rabbit hole, let's go back to a couple of years in the past, whenever we had like little baby Hannah. Um, I love asking people because I love figuring out how people get to where they are in life. What was the first thing whenever maybe it was a parent or maybe it was like a guardian or school counselor, they said, Hannah, Hannah Stone, what do you want to be whenever you grow up? What was, do you remember what your first question, what your first answer was whenever you got that question? Okay. So let me tell you a little bit about where I'm from. Uh, I'm from Israel. Please do. Uh, Israel, it's a small country in the Middle East. I don't know if you heard about it. Uh, it's a small country. <laughs> Once or twice. It's like uh, it's a very small country that caused a lot of noise, you know, around the world. Right. Uh, so this is where I'm from. I moved here six years ago to Vegas. And three months ago, I moved to Austin, Texas. So I've been in the U.S. in the past six years. So excuse me about my English. It might be a little cracky here and there. But uh, excuse me, English is not my first language. Uh, anyways, I grew up in a super, 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 super extreme Orthodox Jew uh, family, kind of like a cult. I uh, left my parents' house when I was fourteen. I was like, I am not could doing you, this. Could you before you before you get too deep? How what like for someone? I I guess I barely know like the idea of Orthodox, right? Orthodox meaning like they're very strict to the to the text. Like, what would be um, 
you know, how, how does that kind of like shape you? Like, is it like, here's what you're doing? Did they kind of have like a roadmap laid out for you for like the next, you know, for your entire life kind of thing? Yeah. So, you know, like those, this kind of background, like there's like a structure for every person, you know, women are supposed to, uh, you know, get married when they're 18 in an arranged marriage, they're supposed to have kids right away. And that's all basically they do. Uh, the men are studying the Bible all day and like the women have to take care of everything. And re regardless of that, there is like little things that are not little because it's literally everything in life where it's like the way you dress, it's the way you, there's no internet, no TV, no radio, no music, no movies, no computer games, no nothing. You can't even wear like a certain color, uh, no colorful socks, oh, wow. um, no red shirts, no jeans, no nothing. <laughs> a lot of rules and everything me as a you know as a kid everything I heard was a no even if I wanted to have like a candy it was a no either because it's not kosher or because you know we didn't have enough money for it because you know my my parents didn't really like my dad didn't um work my mom she was she was the one that's working and she was the one that's taking care of the household but she was working as something that you know is very minimal and I have like 10 siblings and she has to feed everybody and she has to take care of everybody, including my dad, because he's not doing anything because that's how it is in that, that um, community. Um, so yeah, so everything was a no. Um, and on top of that, you know, I'm one of 11 siblings. So I was, oh, wow. I'm exactly in the middle. I have five older than me, five younger than me. And um, I was the black sheep of the family. Thank God. Um, I'm, I'm saying that, I'm saying that because it led me to leaving really early and I'm really happy that it did because I wouldn't want to be married now with like seven kids, you know? <laughs> so, so being the middle of the road and the black sheep, did you kind of see like, I guess, and I'm the oldest, so I don't really know, but it, to me, it strikes me as like, you probably saw, oh, I'm, I guess I'm asking this, like, did you see like your older siblings kind of going down that path and then seeing the resemblance maybe in the younger siblings. And that was what made you say, wait, something's wrong here. No, I was actually the first one. Uh, I, I was born this way. I was born in a way that I don't want to do something that I don't like. I don't want to be, I, I've always been like that. I remember in first grade when everybody got the, the, you know, the, the little like prayer book that everybody's like super excited to get and all that. And I was like doing like, um, like I was playing that, like I, I wasn't really like reading through it. I was like, I don't, I don't even understand what they're saying here. Like, I don't, I don't feel connected to this thing. I don't believe that this is what I should do. So, and, and, you know, like the fact that the family, like specifically where I came from, my parents didn't really show us love and my parents became Orthodox. So they didn't really understand. I'm not mad at them. I used to be mad at them for like many years, but I, went to therapy and I worked on myself a lot in the past year and a half, sure. but, um, it's, uh, it's been, you know, it's been, um, it's been pretty harsh coming from there and it was easier, I guess, for me to leave because I was like, you know, like, I don't feel connected. Um, there, there's nothing that connected me to, to stay there. I wasn't connected to All my right. parents. My parents never talked to me more than do the laundry, do the dishes, do this, do that. Like, my mom basically talked to me like I was her slave, you know, throughout the whole childhood. And it's like, this is how it was. No love, no warmth, no good words, no encouragement. So it was easy for me to leave, you know, pretty easy. You felt like you didn't have any like attachments, I guess, there, whether it was emotional or physical. 
Yeah, it was, yeah, no, nothing. No attachments at and all. So then was this like a small town in Israel or because, I mean, I've never been to Israel and I assume this isn't, is this ramp, like, is this rampant in Israel? Is this like just a small town where this happened or is this kind of like pockets? Like, what does it kind of look like? So where I grew up, it's like a very, very small city in Israel that no one really goes in and out. It's like you live in a bubble. Even people from Israel, when I tell them, they're like, oh, wow, like I've never been to that city, but everybody knows <laughs> about this city. But no one really goes in there. And sometimes I, it's very hard for me to get along with Israelis because they think they know where I came from because they always hear about this city and they hear about those crazy extreme religious people. But they don't really know how it is because it's not how it seems like from the outside. Being inside, it's completely different. It's like it's a whole different world. You know, it's like completely different. And um, it's very small percentage of Israel um, in Israel that people are so extreme. There's a lot of religious people, okay. but they're more normal religious people. Like they join the army and like they do like normal stuff. But where I came from, they're even against the army. Like they don't go to the army. They're against their own country, basically. Well, and so we could transition to that because uh, I know that every Israel needs to train in the army for a certain number of years. I'm not sure. Um, it, so in your in your process, I guess, where are we at? 14? You said you left. Is that what, how did that look? Maybe before we get to the army, how did how did that all happen? Were you fourteen whenever you like left your your hometown, or like how did that whole process come about? Yeah, so when I left uh, at fourteen, uh, so first of all, like the way I left, it was like I didn't want to be at home. I didn't want to be in this country, in this um, little city, and I didn't want to be with my parents. I didn't. We did not get along. As simple as that. Uh, so it was like, and they didn't want me there. So it was like kind of like uh, we shook hands. Bye. Like it was great being with you all. I'm out of here. And it was great. I was, I just wanted to get out of there and they didn't want me there anyway. So it was easy. So, uh, um, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then like I went, I was in dorms for three years. Uh, real quick. How old were you? How old were you when this happened? That was when I was 14. So be, right before high school. So basically for high school, I left and I did high okay. school in like dorms, which is, uh, you know, like boarding school, I would say, but, it still was okay. like religious. It was still religious. Uh, I went to like religious schools uh, for like three years. Every year was like a little less, a little less. I was I was there for like a, the first year. I was like, uh, after the first year, I was like, okay, this is too much. I can't do it. And then I went to like a little less religious school. I was like, after a year, mm, it's too much. I can't do it. After another year, too much. I can't do it. And then I said, you know what? After three years, I was like, I think I got the idea. I don't. I just don't think this whole thing is for me. I just don't think. I, I just. I'm free spirit. I don't want to be like told what to wear. I don't want to be told like be at home at 8 p.m. and you can't leave. And I don't want to be told anything. Like I just want to do whatever I want to do, for for once. And um, and that's when I decided I left that I'm leaving and I went to live with my grandparents in um, it's a a little city next to Tel Aviv. And also next to where I'm from, which called B'nai Rock. It's not going to say anything to anyone, but if you want to look it up, it's like. Uh, Get it out there. <laughs> and um, I'm interested to see where it is on a map. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you type B'nai Brock uh, in Israel, in, uh, in, in Google, and you'll see in the images and you'll see like photos of like the kind of streets and the people that's in there, you're going to find re really interesting people that's wearing really interesting stuff. It's like. How do you spell it? Uh, N-A-B-R. B-E-N-E -E, and then space B-R-A-K. There's not really like um, 
And then you can type Israel and then it'll find it. So if you look at the photos, okay. you'll see like funny people and a bunch of kids. And <laughs> that's like the thing there. That's their thing. It kind of, it reminds me of like the Amish. I grew up in uh, Pennsylvania and like in the middle, but I'm not, obviously not, <laughs> I'm sure there's a bunch of different religious uh, things there, but it definitely like the way they dress and everything. Yeah. It looks like the closest thing I could relate it to is like Amish. Yeah. And, it's uh, pretty, yeah. It's, yeah. It's pretty central PA. True. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you. Okay, so yeah, so I, so, I'm get, so my, to get back to my original question, right? Was uh, how what was the first thing that you wanted to be? I'm guessing it's by the sounds of it, you were never asked that question. It sounds like no, I never did, never did. Um, I, you know, like the way I just honestly like what I like as growing up, the only thing I wanted to be is not religious. I just wanted to be free. <laughs> Literally, like, this is what I, I always was dreaming about. I remember playing with my sisters, like, you know, games, like, you know, like kids playing. And I was like, uh, we were playing that uh, um, we're not religious. So we would wear like, like, uh, like, um, you know, short, like uh, T-shirts because we weren't allowed. We always have to cover. We had to cover our elbows. So we were wearing like okay. uh, short, like short sleeve shirts, like, uh, like, uh, you know, T-shirts. And and that's that was my dream. Like I, I just wanted to be non-religious. That was, that's what I wanted wow. to be. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's that's pretty crazy. That's that's definitely a first for this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, so then it sounds like you started pursuing that, right? Because then you went and you left your house, which I, I guess doesn't didn't even really feel like home to you. Um, and then you moved on and you went to boarding school, which sounded like it had a lot of religious ties to it as well. Uh, is there a reason that, well, if, so if you wanted to not be religious when you were a kid, is there a reason that you, like, is there a reason you still went to boarding school, although there was a religious component to it? Is it only, no. only because I was under 18 and I couldn't okay. go anywhere I wanted. So my parents had to sign and my mom said she preferred that I'll be in the street than in non-religious school. That's what she said. She said like crazy oh, wow. things in the past. Like she said, wow. she said a lot of crazy things. Like another thing she said, I'm just gonna say it real quick. Uh, my younger sister, she had like some mental health problems. You know, she was like in and out uh, of uh, like a mental hospital. And uh, my mom said she preferred her, ki her kids to be like crazy than non-religious. That's that's pretty much what she said. And that's Jeez. what caused me to not talking to my mom for four years to my parents, both of them. Now I'm good with them, so, but it was like there was like four years that I did not talk, uh, speak to them at all. I mean, as as awful as it sounds to hear, I mean, it sounds like that was probably what maybe both of you guys needed at that time was to kind of get a little bit of space to. So I, I guess is there a, the light at the end of the tunnel is that you're talking now and it's a little bit more. You know, Friendly. and it's only because, yes, but it's only because I've been through a lot of, uh, I've, I've been working on myself a lot in the past year and, and a half. Like I had, like I have my therapist and, uh, she's been guiding me through, I've changed a lot in the past two years, a year and a half. And I just, I just realized that me being mad at my mom and not talking to her, it's the only one who's suffering from it is me. Cause she has 11 kids and she's so busy. I don't think she cares. Like she, she's so deep into her religion that I don't think she cares. Of course she does because she's my mom uh, after all. But, but, um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's for me, I'm the one who was growing up without right. a mom and, and, and probably I, 
I'll, I'll never have a mom figure, you know, like, and it's okay. I, 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 you know, I know that this is, this is, uh, this is what I got in life, but I take, I, I try to look at the positive side of it and, and think about, Hey, but this is what led me for who I am today. And this is what's going to make me achieve all everything I want for who I am. And everything is thanks to that. So this is my journey in life and it's good. It's all good. 100%. You know? Yeah, no, that's, uh, I think, I think that's the best way, the most optimal way to look at it. Um, that's, I mean, that's fantastic that you have that point of view and uh, it sounds like there's like a lot of power in that and how tragic it was. Right. It's like, um, I, I can relate because I feel like in the last year I've also kind of had all these like different, like, uh, epiphanies about my life and these like whole, like, Oh shit. Like that's what, you know, kind of that meant or like, that's what I needed to learn that I've been suppressing. And, you know, I'm hearing a lot of similarities and I guess, you know, it sounds, it sounds really empowering that you kind of found, you know, within the hardships of your past, it's been able to, you've been able to transform it and see the light on this side of the table. Yes. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very grateful because, um, I've always been like a super positive person and I always felt like there is some kind of higher power angel universe, like whatever it is that's kind of guiding me through life that everything bad that happened in my life uh eventually turned out to be like a really good thing and i just noticed that but i never believed i was never spiritual before like and like until a year ago or a little more um because i always connected spirituality to religion and religion is my enemy right this is what put me in a cage my whole like Mm -hmm. my whole life so i always connected it together because this is what i learned as growing up and then uh in the past year i found spirituality in a different way in a in a way that's like the universe like this is the the energy like this is what i believe in this is what i felt that clicked this is what clicked to me and i was like oh my god the universe protects me the universe leads me in the right direction the universe shows me the way and it's just like the way the, the more i say it the more i notice it the more it happens i i mean i think i can completely relate to that like i I've always kind of put religion, you know, whether it be, you know, Jewish, Christianity, you know, Muslim, all into that spirituality, all into that same bubble of religion. And I think, I think I saw a quote and it was kind of along the lines of like, religion is for the masses, spirituality is for the individual. And that kind of like really shaped my, like really warped my perspective of it almost where I kind of came full circles. Like, you know, it's like this, you know, religion is almost there's almost an element of control, which I'm sure you could feel in your <laughs> upbringing that it's used to almost to kind of, you know, satisfy the masses versus like spirituality is more like going within yourself to find that truth. Yes. It's fear. In religion, it's fear. It comes out of yeah, fear. You got to be afraid. Uh, uh, you got to be good because if not, you're going to go to hell. It's threatening. Right. All right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. It's always, I always heard threatening growing up like, Oh, you know, and I had like a fights with my mom and I would like threat her as a kid. Oh, one day I'm going to come with like tank top and shorts. Like this is how I would threat her. And she would tell me, okay, that's fine. You're going to go to hell. Like, and I'm like, okay, yeah, there's no, (laughs) never mind. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, (laughs) you always got her. (laughs) Um, But no, that's a, no, that's a very good point because I see that. And, 
you know, to stay away from individual politics. Like I see that a lot, just like in our news or political landscape, like anyone, and even, you know, let's just abstract it out even further. Anyone that's kind of like looking for power almost, they have a tendency nine times out of 10 to use fear in order to get people to do or conform to what they want. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, without getting too deep into that, <laughs> so let's get back to you. Let's get back to what you were up to. Um, after your third boarding school, you ended up uh, realizing that it wasn't for you or like what happened after that? Would you turn 18 and you were able to make your own decisions? Yeah. So after that, I joined. Uh, sorry, before before that, I went to live with my grandparents, which they were. All right. They were uh, traditional, but they, they never like they were never religious. Um it was a, a year, an interesting year. Like I was, you know, I started working when I was 16 as a server. And uh, sometimes I would go back home really late, you know, living with my grandparents. And and my grandpa was really old and he would lock me out of the house many times. So a lot of times I was like, okay, thank God I have friends because otherwise I would sleep in, I would sleep in the in the street. On, on accident, I assume, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, not on, uh, you know, but I, have, I had some friends that came from the same background as me that they had to sleep in the streets, not for the good reason. Oh, really? Yeah, but luckily for me, I had a lot of friends and sometimes I would just crash by my friends to, you know, to, to sleep. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was there while I was there, I was also going, going to like, a, a school that they do the, uh, kind of like GD, you know, in America, but it's called different mm. in Israel. So just, just for that, just because I wanted to be at school and I wanted to study, you know, uh, and I couldn't go to like non-religious school because my mom would not agree. And, uh, after like, uh, after that year which was basically the last year of high school. Uh, then usually people in Israel, they go, when they turn 18, they go to the army, um, the military, the IDF, which is Israel Defense Forces. And uh, so I wanted, especially like, okay, the religious people, they don't go to the army, especially not the super extreme religious people like where I'm from, especially not the women. No uh, way. Is there like a loop? Is there a loophole with like the government? Because I, I, it's mandated, right, by the government that everyone needs to serve at least a couple of years. So is there like a loophole if you're super religious? Yeah, like we, they, they don't even talk to you about it. Like you're good. Like they're, they're gonna. They, it's a religious country. At the end of the day, it's a religious country. Um, and the religious people have a lot of privileges that it's. Uh, it's again, it's politics and, uh, and I'm not going into politics ever, but they sure. get whatever they want. Okay. And if they don't want to go into to the army, they will get it. They know how to get what they want. Um, so I wanted to be like a normal person in Israel and have like normal life and be socializing with normal people. And I went to the place where you get a pass for, uh, from, um, you know, for, from joining the army. And I, I canceled my pass because for me, as coming from religious um, background, especially as a woman, I automatically get a pass, like no, no questions. Um, so I, I went there and I canceled it because I said I wanted to go to the army as a normal person in Israel. So and it was one of the second it was the second best decision I've ever made in my life. The first one was leaving my parents house when I was 14. The second one was joining the army. Because it it's it taught me so many things like you know discipline and all that like you know it's army but uh, yeah so I joined when I was nineteen 
Uh, and I was a lone soldier. So because, you know, I didn't really talk to my parents. Uh, lone soldier, it's a soldier that gets more um, support from the army, uh, where it's usually soldiers like that don't have their family, like the back of their family. It's either soldiers that came from like uh, different countries that they're Jewish and they came from different con- countries to serve in the army. Or if uh, their parents are crazy or if their parents are religious or if their parents are it's just like there's a lot of different kind of lone soldiers. So sure. my reason was because I came from a religious family. So that um, there was a piece in there where you were talking about like structure and discipline that came with the army. I mean, it sounds like in your childhood growing up, you had a lot of structure and I guess discipline. How did I mean, I know one was probably in vain of, you know, religion and the other one maybe is the army. But in your mind, how was that? How did the army provide you with the structure that was more, let's say, beneficial than whenever you were a child? So it's actually a really interesting question. I've never thought about it because there is very like structure in the religion. But where I grew up, I felt like it's kind of like being in a cage. And in the army, it's kind of like discipline for for life, you know, Uh, get your shit done. You know, Uh, if you want to work for something, go get it, you know. There's no, you got to wake up at, if I want to wake up at 4 a.m., I, I get up at 4 a.m. Like, I'm going to work for what I want. I'm going to get what I want. And wh- like, whether like in the religion, like where I grew up, it's, it's, it's just like being in a cage. Like, you can't see anything. You can't, everything is like a lie. And they're just like hiding everything under, under the rag. Like, oh, don't, don't talk about it. Like, sh- just quiet, you know, like there's a lot of things that are not, it's not like real life stuff. It's just, it's just, uh, they tried to protect you too much. It sounds like more like a, in your home, you were doing it for someone else versus the army was more like, okay, well, if you yeah. want to do this for you, like, here's the, here's the path. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You put it right. Yeah. That's a, that's how you describe it. Kind of. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's perfectly described. Yeah. This is this is how it was, and it was a, a great tools for the for the real life, and also great tools for me because I again I came from a small country like a small uh, city that no one goes in and out, and uh, I I I never got to see the country of Israel. I never got to be friends with like regular normal people. So in the army, I got to do all of that because I was a operational driver in the uh, in the army. So I drove like the Humvees and trucks and the jeeps and all that. Um, and, uh, I got to see the country because I was a driver. So I was all over the place. I was everywhere. And I oh, was, that's cool. yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah. It was like, uh, so did, so did you just kind of drive up and I mean, Israel, I guess, isn't too big, but were you always just kind of like driving around the perimeter of it or like throughout it? What was your kind of like mission? To, uh, what were you tasked with driving? Yeah. So, uh, I was, um, operational driver in artillery base for uh officers industry so whoever became an officer in artillery branch in israel went through our branch and i would go with them to the field and we would do like um exercises in the field so sometimes it would be in the south sometimes it would be all the way in the north sometimes it would be like around our base um all over like it just depends on the and on the exercise okay that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so then were you, were you able to choose that specialization as you joined like the army? Did they kind of like, 
like you joined and then were they like, okay, you need to pick like a subdivision or did you kind of just get placed as a artillery driver? So, um, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to be. Like I wanted to be a warrior, but like a, like a fighter, a warrior, a fighter. But <laughs> a warrior warrior like, sounds more badass. Yeah, it's, okay. <laughs> Tell but, people a warrior. <laughs> okay. Um, but you know, like it's it just, for, for in order for me to be a, war, a warrior, uh, I had to sign for three years and I did not want that because I always knew that I want to come here to the U.S. and start my life here. And I was like, OK, I, I don't want to waste another year for, for doing that. Uh, so and also, you know, where I came from, I didn't really have like all this privilege of choosing whatever I want. It just kind of like will choose for you. And I was like, OK, uh, so then it turned out to be really good because um you know, coming from where I where I came from, like especially women that we don't do driver's license, like you don't get to do that. And in Israel, oh. it's just something that usually uh, your parents uh, help you with the driver's license when when you turn like seventeen. And in my case, that didn't happen. That wouldn't happen ever. So it was right. good, and I got some driving skills from it. So that's good. Uh, but yeah, like it's um. I, so I, they, they put me where, like, they put me in that uh, position and then they chose for me, like, that I'm going to be an artillery base. So, like, in the basic okay. training, I was, like, with all the other uh, people that went to be, like, drivers, but they split us, like, in different bases around the country. Just wherever, you know, it ended up getting put. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So then you, I guess, did you always know that you wanted to come to the U.S.? Yes. Was it like during that time you figured it out or did you, when was the first time you were like, I want to, I need to get to the United States? I think it was when I was in seventh grade. Okay. So you would have still been at your parents' house at this point? Yeah. Because uh, like I okay. said, my dad is from America. So like I, I have my father's side in the U.S. and my sister, my brother-in-law, they've been living in the U.S. since 2008. So I always knew that I want to be like with that side of the family because I knew that for me, I have nothing in Israel, like nothing. I have no, like I, even if I'm in Israel, like I've, I'm not connected to the people there. It's just too, too much of a big gap. It's, it's like where I'm from and where like with these Israel, like with the Israelis in general, like it's just, there is like too much gap between me and them. Like, it's just like, it's, we don't get along so well. Like, I don't really get along with Israelis because my background is very different than most Israelis, you know? Yeah, you kind of alluded to that at the beginning. Uh, are you able to, like, kind of explain that a bit more? Is it is it because they have a certain idea about who you are whenever you tell them about being Orthodox? Yeah. So most of them are, very, like, again, like, not everybody's, like, different. And there are, there's so many different kind of Israelis and so many different... But it's either that they're came, they came from a super, um, you know, rich family uh, and like they had, uh, they went to school and they have like degrees and they, they, you know, they did this and that. And it's just like, I'm, I'm just not like, I'm more like, I had to work for everything I did, you know, with my own hands and, uh, or either they're like kind of religious and they don't understand why I'm so against the religion and like, why I'm so like, like, they're like, Oh, you know, you, uh, the, the religion is great. And what are you talking about? Because they experienced it in a different way. They experienced it in way more chill, laid back way. They did not, no one told, told them don't wear, uh, those socks, you know, like small things like mm -hmm. that. 
Um, so it's just different. Like they just don't get like where I'm from. They assume they know exactly where I'm from, but they just don't. So it's tough I for see. me to try to explain it because sometimes I feel like they don't listen, you know? Yeah. At a certain point, you just, it's too much effort at a certain point to actually even try to get it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So then I guess you finally made it to America. Uh, what was that after you graduated from the army? So was, that was the third great, the best thing I've ever done in my life. Moving that was number to America. three. Number three. Number three was, there's a, there's a five things in total. Uh, okay. <laughs> the, the number three is, uh, it's, it's definitely moving to America. I started, uh, I, I moved to Arizona. I was there for like a month. And uh, I tried to do this thing where like a lot of Israelis do that they sell like uh, cosmetic products and, uh, you know, in uh, kiosks at the mall. And uh, it's just basically selling stuff that I don't believe in. And it was very hard for me to do it because I don't, sure. I, I'm, I'm so bad at selling stuff that I don't believe in. Like I'm just, I'm, sure. I'm just not, I'm suffering doing it. So I just, after a month in Arizona, I just decided to move to Vegas, which this where I had my two of my sisters. So I moved to Vegas. I was with them and I started working as a server. Uh, I was, uh, and then I, I went up to like a and manager. Real quick. What, real quick. What's, what sisters would this be from Israel who you like were born with? They, did they move out as well? Yeah, they moved out. They moved before, way before me to here. Uh, one of them, she moved like uh, eight years ago and the other one she's married and they have a daughter uh, 12 year old and they moved here like 15 years ago. They've been actually, so, yeah, okay. 15. they've been married for, so they both are older than you. So they both would be your older sisters. Yeah. One of them is seven years older than me. And one of them is two years older than me. Did they have like a similar, I guess, falling out with, uh, your parents as well or no, they, they got through the system. So different. Everybody's so different. My, actually my sister that's older than me than three, uh, in two years, she was my mom's favorite. She was my, my oh. favorite kid. And I was like, we were growing up, we were very close, but we were very like, we, and I talked about it with my therapist, like uh, the other day, like the last time I talked to my therapist was about her. And uh, just our relationship is so interesting because we were so close, but we, we were so jealous of each other. And I was thinking about it. And I think it's because like that I was the, my, uh, my siblings favorite and I always had friends, but I was, my mom hated me the most. And she, she was the opposite. Like she was like my mom's uh, favorite, but she was not like the kids didn't really like her uh, growing up. And uh, that's why we were jealous at each other so much. And we would always like fight like crazy. And we didn't really get along until I moved here, basically. Uh, now she lives like an hour north from me. And now we uh developing our relationship from the beginning in a better way because we both made some work, you know. That's good. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, you know, it's something with like the work is like once you start doing it, it feels like everyone around you starts to kind of, you know, lift up as well. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's exactly what my therapist always tells me. She tells me like the external stuff has nothing to do with you. Like it's it's all coming from you. Like everything else is is still the same, but you see it different because you approach things differently. The triggers that used to trigger you and you would react in a certain way, they don't they don't trigger you that much because you're aware of them. Like you, you, you know, what's going on. You're aware, you know? Yeah. It's like, uh, there's a really good picture I saw where, um, it was like two guys and it was kind of like a side profile and there's two guys that were looking at like a bee 
And the one was like afraid that it was going to like sting him. And then the other guy was like, kind of like seeing him as like, Oh, it's a bee. Like, you know, he creates pollen and flowers and makes honey. And then the other guy's like, Oh shit, he's going to sting me. And like da 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 da. And so it's like, it's just how that like shift. I mean, it sounds like you have a pretty good therapist. (laughs) Oh, my therapist. She's amazing. She's amazing. She literally, she changed my life. Like I, I cannot, like, I cannot believe, like, I think that this is so important. If you, someone that needs help and you know that you're struggling with some things in life. I feel like this is so important to get a good therapist and it's not a bad word. And I love sharing about it. And I feel like, like I, you know, I came ready to make, to, to get my, the, the work done and I came to work and to really work on myself. But I came, when I came to my therapist, I came with list of maybe three things. Uh, I told her I want to be better at communicating. I want to learn how to say no to people uh and that's you know just basic stuff and then the more i went deep into it with her and i realized how much how much i need to work on and it's addicting it's so addicting to <laughs> work on these things and then you fall like i realized that i don't i don't yep. even i never even knew what loves feel like like what love the actual feeling of love something or someone i i never knew how yeah. it feels like and i learned to to feel it and it, it's amazing because now i can feel it towards right. anything you know yeah, I mean, I I can relate with that on a lot of levels. Uh, the first thing, like, what got me into it was, like, the whole love aspect. And this is something I've kind of talked about. And I still try to keep the names ambiguous. But, you know, I was I was trying to find, like, a girlfriend. And a kind of similar thing happened where everything just kind of, like, flowed and was harmonious. But it ended up getting, like, shell-shocked because I didn't really know what love was. I had that same, I think, mental block that you did where it was, like, where it was – you know, you know, everything flowed, right? And it was like a month and a half. And then she said, what are we? And I like froze up because I didn't realize that what I was experiencing was like that flow of the universe that's just like, you know, supposed to just kind of go with you. And it ultimately kind of crumbled. But then, you know, through the way the universe works, you know, that led me to talking with someone who was, you know, kind of a therapist as well. And, uh, you know, she helped me to see like how I was like disconnected from myself with, you know, with regards to like love and how it really, it really shapes your perspective of the way you interact with the world wow. and other people for that matter. Do, yeah. do you remember the the moment that you felt love for the first time? I'm curious. I mean, I, I guess that's a good question. I think I have felt it before, but I never like consciously was like, oh, like that's, you know, like love, you know, cause I kind of had a warped perception of it. Cause I, you know, you're told all these different things. Like you love your, you love baseball, you love your sister, you love your parents, you love, you know, a significant other, you love yourself. And it's like my mind through some of the traumas I faced, um, you know, was, it, it was like warped and it was like, well, okay, well, like, how are you supposed to love those differently? Like love is such just like a one word kind of thing, you know? And yet we apply it to these magnitude of items and so what happened with me is is um i haven't really gone in depth about it but like i kind of went through my own sexual trauma let's say whenever i was a kid and it you know and it warped my perception of love where it was like well you know and i never i always kind of was consciously aware of it but i never like really realized it was like oh like that's what you know has been impeding your ability to see love in all these different facets um and so you know, to kind of get to your question, I guess it's funny. I guess I, 
what would I have felt? I mean, I, I guess I, after coming to that realization, I think I realized now that, you know, even though, and this is really weird to say, but even though, you know, I was only with that girl for like a month and a half, all, I, I think that flow of what we were in, you know, was essentially love. I, I think, I think that flow is essentially, you know, the, you know, the cornerstone at which you can build like a relationship off of now, you know, I, we weren't at a spot to say like, I love you. I was not even a spot to acknowledge it, you know? Um, But I think that's kind of like the baseline of where like that relationship would have started or should start now. And then, you know, you kind of have to build everything on top of that as to, you know, trust. And if we want the same things in life and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. It's so much work. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that gets to your other point of like how it becomes addicting. Cause I've now, you know, you heal enough traumas, you heal enough shit in your life. I'm starting to think like, and just to see, you know, whether it's, and we can transition this into like the fitness realm. It's like, you know, when you're growing, when your muscles are growing, it's when they're sore, you know, it's when the lactic acid's getting in there. It's when you're sleeping more. And so I started, I had this whole realization where I was like, wow, like if I'm feeling like, you know, shame, guilt, stress, anger, any of these like low vibration frequencies, I'm starting to see it as an opportunity to learn. It's like, okay, I, you know, I don't, I guess the ideal goal is we're all at a place of like of enlightenment or of love or of peace. But if I'm feeling these negative emotions, then that means, oh, there's an opportunity to learn. And so to get to your point about how it's addicting, it's like, I'm, you know, I, I don't know how to say this, but it's like, I'm almost like prone and ready for when there's something negative. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like what am I supposed to learn about that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I really believe also the, you know, what you just mentioned that everything that we're going through life, it's a good, it's actually, even when it seems like it's a bad thing, it's actually a good thing that came to teach us something. And, and just like I, and when you're aware of it and, and this is what you see and this is what you believe in, that's really what, what it's going to become because it's crazy. It's just like, sometimes I'm like, whoa, is this some crazy shit happens like happening to me? And then I'm like, okay, this is for something good. This is like the universe doing it for me uh, because it's for something good. And then like, and then it's just, this is how it is. Like whatever, uh, like whatever you say, like the, the power of words and, and your thoughts, it's so freaking important uh, because it's, it come it's it comes true like everything you say and everything you think it it's going to come true whether if it's like something negative or positive so i think it's um it's super powerful and we have to be so careful of what we're thinking even like when you again for fitness if you want to lose weight but you keep looking at the mirror and you say like oh my god i'm so fat oh i hate this like i i hate my stomach i hate like how my uh clothes fitting me like oh i can't look at myself and and it, and again, it doesn't matter what what really happens. Like actually, like it doesn't matter. Like because some people can see you and be like, "Oh my God, you're so fit, you're so strong, you look so good." But if you see it in, in the mirror, that's what you're gonna see, and that's what you're gonna get. That's what you're gonna get if you keep saying that to the universe. The universe literally gives us yeah. gives us what we want. If what we say, it's like a servant, basically. You know, whatever you say, it's 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 you're gonna get. That's what you're gonna get. So it's like it's we gotta be so. And I woke up only a few months ago to this. And when I did, I was like, whoa, this is mind blowing because whatever you say, it's like, it's, it's, you can literally create your life like that. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I think there's a, and so I completely am on board with that. And I think what happens is, is people 
at least maybe for myself, I speaking for myself here, like you kind of get thrown off by it. Like if you say, um, I, I mean, the perfect example I'll use myself is two, three years ago, two and a half years ago, I was like, I took a trip to Brazil. Um, and I was like, this is so beautiful. Everyone here is so cool. I want to find a way to live my life such that I am living anywhere I want to, like essentially live on my own terms, you know, live where I want to live, be where I want to be, when I want to be there kind of thing. And, you know, it, I think the issue we have, and this ties on like manifestation is like, we think that it's going to happen the next day versus it's like, no, the next day is like kind of whenever that whole process starts. And that's whenever like the universe is going to start exposing things to you, showing you like different layers of yourself. And it's like, it's like, here's getting to that goal you want, but you're going to have to go through all these like hoops and rings in order to get there. So if you really want it, like I'll show you the way and I'm showing you the way, but you have to be willing to, you know, kind of confront those obstacles in front of you to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just like go of this, like to hold, like if you think some, cause, cause, cause like the universe shows us the way in a way that we don't expect. Like we, we don't know what's really going to happen. That's way to put it. Like, yeah. like we, we don't know what's going to, like how we're going to get to the goal. Like you can, all you can do is really like visualize your goal. Like really think about it and feel it in your body. And like, it's going to happen. Like there's no other way. And then just let the, the, the process happen because it's going to come to you in a way that you don't even expect. Like it's going to come to you if you put it out yeah. there. Yeah. 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 You don't, it's almost like, it's almost like you get to pick the destination, but you don't get to pick the journey of how you get there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so that's something that I've actually been kind of like trying to figure out is like, where's the level of like letting go and versus like setting attention? Because I guess, <laughs> I guess I don't expect you to have this answer, but just as a thought experiment, it's like, you know, I, I, you know, there's the setting the intention and then there's letting go of it's just like letting go. Like, how do you see this? Is it just letting go of the path to get to that intention, but still holding the vision of the intention? Yeah. So the way I see it uh, is like, you know, I have my goals and I say I have my morning routine where I work on it every single day. And I basically train my mind because, again, my, the mind is like a muscle. You can train it to literally anything. So I'm mm -hmm. training my mind to uh, to what to my goals. Basically, this is I'm training my mind to live in the uh in the state of like i want to live in in you know in where where I, when i get to my goal but you know first sometimes i notice that i hold on too much and i don't let go and then i i have like different tools that i'm doing in order to let go of the things so for example i have this this amazing woman that i'm listening to on youtube uh her name is um shepherd sarah shepherd or something i don't know i can look it up later but she's basically has a lot of um you know uh affirmations and um like um like meditation like guided meditation so she's doing a lot of things like for different topics so she has like a thing that she's and it's like seven eight hours and i go to sleep to, to hear that so she has this, this thing for example for letting go or to find your soulmate or to um uh, manifest uh prosperity and abundance and all these kind of stuff and it's kind of like sink into your brain while you sleep and and she has like an amazing voice so it's really nice to listen to it when you go to sleep and so sometimes i feel like i'm letting like i'm holding on too much and i feel like i need to let go a little bit so i listen to her and i do my meditation and i'm 
I'm like working on, I know that this is what I need to work on to just let go, let go. Just trust the universe. The universe knows what's best for you and just trust the process. Don't try to like push it through too much. Like it's, it's, um, it it brings some kind of resistance. I feel, I feel it. Like, I feel like there's like some kind of resistance when I'm trying to hold on to something that, cause I don't know how it's going to come. I just need to know that it's going to come. That's all. That's all. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of crazy. Uh, there's a couple crazy things there. Number one is how you're talking about how like whenever you sleep, you listen to tapes. I actually recorded my own voice, like having all these like positive affirmations, and then there's like one, you know. So I did it in sections. Like one was about like wealth, one was about like the significant other, and then I made like a big one that's like all the things that I want. Wow. And I for a couple for a couple of nights, I would like listen to those, and um, you know, I. I believe that they're, they were helping. I haven't really done them lately, but just even just after doing it just one time, the sense of like peace, like there's, there's like a level of just like peace that kind of fills you of just like, Oh, it's like, I don't need to worry about it. Cause like I already have it. It's like what, it, like, you know, and then that maybe that's like the letting go aspect of just like, Oh, it's just, it's here. So what am I, why am I worrying about it? You know? Yes. And I want to say something about it because I feel like this is the secret of life. Like this is really, what it comes down to, because honestly, even when you get to your goals, you're always going to have another goal, right? Like this is how we are as humans. We always want more. And really the, 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 the thing is, and this, the most important thing is in life is to really enjoy right now and be present in the moment. That's what, what my tattoo says here in Hebrew. It says now, um, it means okay. just be present in the moment and just be aware. Like, no matter what stress you have in your life and how you're not getting to your goals yet, but the fact that you're positive and you're happy and you like really present in the moment and you know, all these things don't matter because at the end of the day, you're going through what you're going through right now. No one promised you you're going to be alive in five minutes and the past is gone already anyway. So just focus on right now. Obviously. Yeah. You want to have goals. You want to, you, you want to manifest them. It's very important, but I'm talking like, putting all these movies about like the stress in our mind, like, Oh, what if this going to work? What if they're going to say no? What if this, what if that it's not helping anyone? It's just movies you create in your mind and you, you, you basically create those things. Like, so just don't think about it. Just think like, take this thing, but for the other side. So take this thing for manifest your goals and your dreams and just be present in the moment. Because again, like no one knows what's going to happen in five minutes. And it's so like, once you live like that, I see successful people. If you talk about money and wealth and all that, I feel like a lot of successful people, I mean, people that have like quote unquote successful people that have a lot of money, a lot of them are not happy. A lot of them are not no. uh, fulfilled. They're, they don't, they don't feel like they, they always want more and they're like miserable. And, and I'm, I'm not saying all of them, I say a lot of them, but I, I right. feel like the one if you if you haven't reached your goal yet and you are thinking like that in that way and you are happy in the moment and you're present you're already successful i i feel like even though i'm not even close to my goals but i'm feel like i'm feeling like i'm so successful because i'm so in peace with myself and i i found this peace with you know with my therapy and all that and the the growth and the spirituality and i'm like this is it cuz we don't know what's going to happen yeah. tomorrow you know like yeah yeah, no, I completely agree with like a lot that you're saying. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, the best way I've heard it described is like the eternal now. It's like, you know, everything that 
has ever happened that will ever happen is happening at this moment. Yeah. And it's like the past and the future are almost constructs that we've all just agreed upon at like a societal level of just like, well, you get older and die. It's like, well, the sun goes down and comes up. It's like, therefore time exists. And it's like this weird trick that we've kind of played on ourselves. I, I, I believe as three-dimensional creatures that I think that we kind of gotten wrapped up in, like in our mind, it's like, um, I, I, have you read the book, like the power of now by Eckhart Tolle? Yeah, I heard about it. I don't think I read it. Oh, maybe I did. I don't remember. Well, if, if you want to go deeper into this topic, that's a fantastic book that really dials into this, like, and a piece of it that he kind of talks about is he talks about how, like, if you were to ask, a plant or like a bird or, you know, a dog, like what time is it? They'd be like, well, the time is now. Like, like, what do you, what do you mean time? Like time isn't a thing, you know, it's all just, it all just is. And it all just is now. Yes. That's so true. That's so true. And it's kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing to think about, especially when you like, you're like, well, but I can observe that like, you know, cause we can't observe that things get older, you know, things decay, they like move. But it's almost like, yeah, but it's already, it's just, I don't know. That's where I kind of get like tripped up a little bit whenever it's like, well, you know, things decay though. It's like, yeah, but you know, it's because of like, honestly, like the, our interpretation of it, it's like, ah, maybe here's a way it's, it's not that it's decaying. It's almost just like transferring energy states, I guess, where it's like, well, it's just, all that energy is still here and now, right? Like no matter, no energy is created nor destroyed. And so if it's all just, all of it already just is, then all it is is transferring energy, but it's still just happening now. Yes, I, yeah, it's, uh, I, I feel like time is, a, is an illusion in a way. But on the other hand, we always say that, you know, when you start dating someone and, you know, things are going too fast, you, you say, I need more time. But it's, <laughs> it, so it's kind of like, it's very complicated because there's a lot uh, of different things, you know, everything is, is, is one piece that made from so many different things that it's just, it's, it, this world is crazy. Like, it's that's, crazy. it's so funny. No, it's so funny. You say that because the, the girl I was uh, just seeing in San Diego, um, I, this is something I kind of always brought up to her was, and she's like, well, you know, like time, like you need time. And I'm like, I don't like, it doesn't click with me whenever it's like, well, what do you mean? Like, you know, we, we need more time seeing each other, you know, before like this next step, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, so I, that's so funny that you say that. Cause I kind of like <laughs> hit the nail on the head of where I was just coming from. And it's, it's so bizarre because like, I agree with you and I understand that there's a level of like, you know, getting to know somebody. It's like, you can't just, and, and see, here's the thing is like, I still don't, I guess I still don't fully believe in like that you need time. I mean, I get it. Right. Because there's a level of like, and this is going to be one of my rambles, but <laughs> sit tight with me. But like, like I understand, like, you know, and, and nowhere in my right mind am I, well, let, let's put it like this, like time, like time needs to unfold at our three dimensional level at some aspect, right? Like, you know, I'm not just going to meet someone and just be like, yep, we got to have a kid together. Yeah. He's going to be born tomorrow. And then, you know, that's going to be our life, you know, because there's still that level of time needing to unfold in our, in our current awareness in our current state of being. But it's like, 
But then, you know, my other side of my brain kind of comes in and it's like, well, if you know that this person aligns with you, it's like, well, where, like, like what, like, where are the boundaries of how much time needs to be for certain things? Right. It's like, well, you've been dating for a month. Well, oh, well, everyone after a month does this. Everyone after two years does this. It's like, well, now we're getting into societal constructs there and that's not a, a healthy tool for measuring. Yeah. But if you, if you told me that you met someone one day and you got married the next, like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, that's too fast. And it's like, but, but is it too fast? Like maybe, you know, we go back to our earlier conversation, like maybe you needed that experience to realize that you did find the right person or maybe like, like, how do we know that those people wouldn't be happy for the rest of their lives together? But yeah. just our societal constructs is like, well, they met and they got married the next day. It's like, maybe they were both just so aligned with the universe that they could feel that that's what they both needed to do. Yeah. And trust again, trust the universe. So I have, first of all, I think when, when, you know, when people say that they're, they need time or when there's like any kind of resistance about anything in life, it's usually fear. So I need more time. It's basically a different way of saying I'm afraid of, I'm That's afraid to commit. I'm afraid. So everything. Afraid to get hurt. Yeah. Everything is a fear. That's like when I go, like when I go really deep with my therapist, like she always, like we always get to the bottom of things and it's always fear. Even when you don't think about things like love, like um, food issues, like, uh, you know, money issues. It's always at the end of the, if you go deep, 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 deep fear you're gonna find some kind of fear there there's always fear right so i and i think is you know i've i've dated i've dated someone and he gave me like a ring after like three days that we were together and uh i thought it was cool but uh you know and and <laughs> i was gonna move to israel for this guy uh and it was crazy and it was everybody told me like hey it's, it's you're crazy and i was like okay, I'm going to learn on my own. Like, I'm going to learn if something is wrong, I'm, I'm going to learn. And, you know, I, because I trust the universe and it's, it's, um, you know, I, I really trust that whatever needs to happen, it's going to happen to me. And it didn't end up happening. And it was like, it, he turned up like super impulsive, like tons of red flags person. And, but because of this person, I started a therapy. And that's, that's what led me to who I am today. Uh, so, so I got to be thankful for that person, even though he right. completely destroyed me, but it was a good learning for my life. So you don't really know. So thinking to overthink like too, too much of different things, like it's not, it's just, it's just you wasting your thoughts or you waste your brain time on things that are not, you're not going to get an answer. And if you overthink things, it's just not. You can't really analyze things like you can never know. Just just follow your your gut. And if your gut is telling you like a lot of the times I dated some guys and I was like, well, I don't feel like I should be here. I don't feel like I should do this. And I was like, that's it. Like, no, I'm sorry. I can't see you again because I don't feel like I, I just don't I just don't want to do something. I don't feel like, you know, I just don't feel like it's right uh, for me. And, and other times I, I was dating someone and like, you know, and then I got to a point where, okay, I don't feel like it's right. So, I mean, I always, and, and you always learn something, even if you, something bad happens from it. And it was like, trust me, it was bad. The thing with the ring, it was really, really bad. Like it, it led me to a point where I had nowhere else, like lower to go. <laughs> I was in the lowest point in my life ever. 
And uh, but again, that's what made me think about, okay, I need to take care. I need to, to get some help. And then, you know, yeah. it just led me to, to where I am now. And I'm so grateful for that. And I, and that, I mean, that's, yeah. 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 I mean, that's, I mean, that's, you know, I guess <laughs> that's the double edged sword of this, right? It's like, you know, I think what you're describing is like the dark night of the soul. I, are you familiar with that phrase? No. No. I, so I'm not that familiar with it. So maybe I shouldn't be <laughs> bringing it up, but uh, it sounds like, you know, kind of what you had was like that whole like death and rebirth kind of thing that, you know, gets brought up so often where it's kind of like you needed that. And it's hard to say like, that sounds like it was a good thing for you, but it's like, you know, it's, it's a painful process that you have to go through in order to find like, you know, the light on the yeah. other side of the, of the tunnel. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, man. Well, <laughs> that got pretty deep. <laughs> uh, let's take it back to like a little bit more, uh, more chill uh, talks. Uh, so where we're at your life story is, it sounds like we're at where you moved to, <clears throat> excuse me. You moved to Arizona. Yeah. yeah. You're in, you're, is this when you started, when did you start like getting into fitness? Was that probably around the time that you, um, moved to Las Vegas or before? It was in 2019, September to 2019. So about three, three, no, uh, 18. Yeah. So about three, or 18, it's four, about three and three, a half years, years ago, three and a half, four years uh -huh. ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, uh, you know, when seven years ago I started um, eating healthy, I uh, came to visit my family here in the U.S. and I used to smoke cigarettes because you know everybody smoked cigarettes in Israel and I was in the army at the time. And I was I came here to visit my family and my sister told me, "Listen, Hannah, if you want to smoke cigarettes, you can you can't do it here. Like you have to stop for a month when you come here because we don't want that. Even when you go outside and you're coming back, like we don't want this nicotine in our." couch like we just don't want that so you're gonna have to stop i was like okay no problem i'll stop for like one month and then i'll go back to israel and i'll go back to smoking like all normal like i didn't i was not aware and i didn't i didn't care really i just didn't care uh and then i ate healthy for a month at my sister's and i kind of liked it i really liked the food and it was really good like i was like okay i guess i could do that it's, it makes me feel good and i feel positive and i feel better uh, i went back to israel i didn't go back to smoking I started eating healthy. And then like a year later, like two years later, after I got out of the army and I also was in a culinary school for a year after the army, like in Israel. And then I moved here. And, and then I, when I was still in Israel, like right before I moved to the U S I started working out, uh, as a result from eating healthy. So for me, it was the, usually it's the opposite. People start to work out and then they start to eat healthy so for me i started to eat healthy yeah. and then i started to work out and then i really liked it like for the past seven years i really got into it and i i developed like this passion of working out and uh you know three and a half years ago i said okay you know what i will i want to i want to get certified just just because i want to know more i want to learn even even though if i'm not going to do it for real i just want to know things you know when it comes to fitness i want to be like you know I didn't think I was actually going to do it. Um, but um, yeah, so I did it three and a half years ago. I got my uh, certification with NASM. Uh, so it's National Academic Sports Medicine. And I got it through Body Design Uni University. It's like a, a two weeks live course in uh, Atlanta. I went to Atlanta for it because 
I, I was afraid of my uh, language being a, a big barrier because it's like 700 pages book, you know, the NASM and oh, like wow. super high, um, you know, language. Um, so I was like, okay, I need to be in a class right. where I can, you know, be better and learn better. So I went and I got it and it was a good decision because it really helped me understand more. And I went and I, I did the test. I passed the first time, which people usually don't, but it's because I was really like I was learning it like crazy. Uh, and then I started you disciplined from your army training. <laughs> yeah, but I was never good at learning. But in uh-huh. this one, it was like, yeah, I was always bad, a bad student. Like I never. But this really... just all clicked with you. Yeah, exactly. So I guess when you learn something you like, you can be good at it. But also like I did some flows. tricks. Like, uh, you know, I would uh, every 20 pages, I would do a little sign. I was like, okay, I'm just focusing on this today. And I took notes and I took quizzes uh, like on this app. Um, so, you know, I, I learned it in a, in a strat, like in a good way that I can remember. Um, and then, uh, I started when I got certified, I started working as a group fitness instructor for women. So I would train like uh, up to seven, uh, women per class. And then I, um, from there I went to lifetime, uh, uh, lifetime fitness. And I started working as a personal training, uh, personal trainer there, like one-on-one mostly. And then I went to another gym and, um, and then COVID hit and they closed all the gyms and I had no choice again. Like we talked about it in the beginning and I had to go to, uh, um, you know, virtual. So that was a good, a good thing that happened to me. And, uh, I, I, you know, a lot of my clients saw like an amazing results. Like I have one of my clients, she lost like over 55 pounds over zoom training And, uh, yeah, like you can get so much. And I found also that for me, I don't think it's for every trainer, but for me, especially for me, the virtual and online training works really well for me. Like I, I feel like my clients on, uh, online, they saw better results than the, the real life clients. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, like, I don't know, I guess it's like your mode of communication. I'm so good at communicating like this, like through, uh, zoom and like uh, online and, you know, I'm, I'm very like, you know, when I give a list of things, it's just very organized. And I'm just like, I found that this is easier for me. Like I, I can get, you know, I'm more organized like that when it's online. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been great. So, you know, I've been doing that. And then I created like last year, I created this eight weeks transformation course. So it's like, uh, eight weeks of, um, you know, uh, five workouts a week every week has like every five workouts uh it's like different workouts so upper body lower body hit abs uh full body hits and um uh, uh active stretches and mobility and every two weeks the level goes higher a little more and it's just like uh eight weeks of you're gonna see results no way you're not gonna see results and yeah. uh yeah so it's like pre-recorded videos that you know they're that are edited now i have like a group of people that's that's doing it. Um, so I'm exciting, nice. I'm excited uh, for their goals and like for the results. And uh, yeah, so now I'm working on creating like online programs that are um, through an app that you basically can go and do it on your own at the gym or at home with through the app. So the app shows you like exactly what exercises to do, how many reps, how many sets. And, and, and then there's my touch, which is what I give is like, uh, mental health stuff. I put a lot of mental health. I put a lot, I share a lot of recipes. I share a lot of, uh, you know, if I read a really good book or I heard a really good podcast, I will share it there. 
you know, for my people. Uh, hey, listen to this. This can really help you with, uh, uh, I don't know, like manifesting something, whatever, anything. Right. So, because I believe it's all connected. Healthy lifestyle yeah. is such a big topic, you know. There's like so many diff- different things under the, this. And I believe that it's all, it it has to be whole, you know. And you have, you have to enjoy it and really enjoy it really the food and the fitness and just everything well i mean like you said it's all connected and i think that even goes back to when we were talking about like uh like the way i've been seeing pain as a sign of growth it's like if even it's emotional or even if it's like physical from working out it's like i feel like all those are signs of growth and again it's like it it just shows that interconnectivity i think of all of it and it's that's cool that you do that yeah yeah i love it so do you kind of you kind of connect like the workouts to like a mental health uh, exercise as well, or how does that work? So the usually when I do one on one, I'm very close on a very very personal level to my clients. Like it's like a workout with therapy. Uh, okay. and, you know, I, I give my to- I bring my tools from my therapist to to my to my clients, and I'm very very close with my clients. And you know, and if it's like through the group. I'm always sharing things and I'm always like, I'm very open. Like I'm very, uh, I love sharing my experiences because I know it can help a lot of people because not everybody has a therapist and it's, I think it's an important thing. And it's, it's, it's mental health is the, the, the actually the base of everything. It's the most important thing because you can be really fit and you can be super shredded and eat healthy, but you look at yourself in, in the mirror and you hate yourself. None of this matters, right? Like you can have like a twelve percent body fat, and you can eat healthy all day. But if you don't, if you go on the scale and you go, fuck, I hate you. Like, oh, and you, you know, you you bringing yourself down, and you say like negative words to yourself. All of that now, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it all goes out the window because your 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 body isn't going to perform well. Yeah, because of that mental self talk. Yeah, exactly. And it's very, very important because, again, like, I mean, it's just I always say, like, the scale, it doesn't matter. Like, the number on the scale doesn't matter. It it matters. There's a healthy weight, so it matters. I'm not promoting obesity and, like, unhealthy stuff. But there's a, a, a in the chart, there's, like, a healthy weight for men and women that you should be in. And it doesn't matter if you are after, like, um, a race. If you're racing this number on the scale that you want to see, if that's all you care about, this number, if you get to this number, most likely that's going to happen is two things. Either you are going to want a different number or you're going to be like, okay, cool. I got to my number. Now I can go back to old habits. I can go back to eating pizza and have fun. And so that's not the point. Mm-hmm. So the point is really to love yourself from within, basically. This is the, really the point. Well, not to mention either is, you know, you can chase that number, but it doesn't mean that you're doing it in a healthy manner. Um, you know, extreme example is like being bulimic for one is yeah. obviously extremely unhealthy. Um, and two, I know that there's, you, you'd be interested to probably look up this article, but there was a guy who wanted to like prove that he could lose weight only eating Twinkies. And he like spent 30 days like only eating Twinkies, but obviously being at a very low caloric cert caloric deficit and so he you know he he kind of did it just to be like see i lost weight losing eating twinkies like you know you can make these claims about anything and then the question becomes is like okay well even though you lost this weight it's like you're not the inside of your body isn't going to be healthy or your mind isn't going to be healthy because of it yeah yeah 
it's definitely not healthy and it's uh it's so important to for the long run especially because you know some people they eat and they don't they, they don't gain weight and some people you know they but at the end of the day you got to think about the long run um you want to be right. healthy you want to be strong you want to be positive you want to have like healthy mindset because it's all connected it's all connected right yeah it's all connected um yeah uh <laughs> i'm not really sure where to take it from there um it's all connected did we make it through your entire journey you, you grew up in uh i still know, have two more up. things uh that was that oh yeah good. you're too important yeah you're too important you you skipped did you skip over them or was the, the last one's going to be getting invited on this podcast right <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the sixth one yeah that's number six okay cool <laughs> well uh, let's get where's the number uh where did number four we're at number four where did number four show up in your life so wait the first one was leaving my parents house second one was joining the army uh, yeah. uh third one was moving to america uh right. fourth one is um Is it your diet or health related? Uh oh shoot, I don't remember. Um <laughs> oops. I know the fifth one, the last one is uh moving to Austin. Uh okay. so it was a really good oh the fourth one it was COVID. Like it was uh oh actually sorry, it was uh my therapist starting a therapy. Oh, senior obviously, COVID. that's the biggest okay. one. The biggest one. Okay. The fourth one is to get the, that mental starting, health. Yeah. 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 That's what woke me up literally like just that that gave me like a like slam into my face, you know. It was uh, a yeah. really woke me up. And you and, really and, and, the past. and once once I saw like once I saw like you know sometimes I would go cuz you know life is about waves. Sometimes you go up and down and it always happens doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter how positive you are and how you see life and how successful you are, it doesn't matter. Ups and down always going to come. And sometimes when I have right. downs after, you know, after I've been through my journey, like, like a few months ago, um, and I was like talking to my therapist and I told her like, it's just, I feel like I forgot who I was, you know, and I had COVID also like a few months ago and that really fucked with my mental health. Like really, really like, like right. I, I lost like who I was. I lost my mindset. I, I had like brain fog. I lost my motivation. I lost everything. Um, and, uh, so I told my therapist, like, I told her like, what if I forget who I was? And like, uh, if I'm going backwards, like, and she told me like, you can't go backwards after you saw what you saw, you know, after mm -hmm. you've been through that journey, you did it, you did it. You still did it. It doesn't matter how you're feeling right now. So she always tells me that whenever a wave is coming up, you know, a big wave is coming up, you're not going to stand up against the wave because the wave is going to crash you down right you're not going to try to fight the wave so you're just gonna you have to put your head down let the wave go by and then you you rise up again and then it's all good that's a good analogy yeah i always uh i always remember there's like a the way i think of it is that progress isn't linear like again and this kind of i think this kind of actually ties into our whole time discussion is where like in our mind we see time as being linear which they're even proving that sometimes it's not linear even you know even though we have like the seconds on the clock the way you experience time is different how i experience time not to mention like your relativity to how far you are away from earth also changes time but <laughs> without getting down that rabbit hole um 
Yeah, the linearity of it. For that, you know, for that conversation, we're gonna need another four hours. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm open to it. Yo, <laughs> that conversation that is. Oh wow. Are you uh, fluent in that conversation? I I go to pretty far places with that with my in my in my meditations and in my. I just go literally like out of the universe and. I just have this theory, like well, here, here I got here I got you. I think just the other day I was able to access like my Akashic records. Are you familiar with that? No. Okay, then explain. I don't want to make this about me. Let's explain. Explain what you were kind of going. First on. of all, I had a weird dream tonight. Uh, I was dreaming about something, and I, you know how you, I usually don't dream, but when I do dream, I dream like very like vivid dreams and like kind of like weird. Uh, I had a dream that my sister, she. Um, she came into like she she came to take me from this from this dimension from this world to like a different dimension or different like world different like different place I don't know and it, it's like uh she she's like okay once you go there like you cannot come back here and we went through this tunnel and then it was like a world a whole world that it was like a kind of cartoon world so we were in that world and there was no such thing as money like there was no money really? there and just like we were just like hanging out there and just like and it was a like, cartoon everything was cartoon it was i thought it was so strange like this dream and just like like because it's crazy because i um i tend to think a lot about like how this whole universe that we live in that is endless <laughs> after yeah. this universe like it we can be just a little something in just like some kid's backyard you know this whole universe yeah you you can never know like you you can never know it's just insane like there's no one time i meditated and just i got to that like i saw like I, like i got like so sometimes when i go really deep into my meditations like i get thrown away like out of this universe so the other day i did like i had one of those and i got thrown away out of this universe and, and i know i sound crazy but i no i, I i'm listening like it's like I came out, like we came. I came out of this universe, and then like I, I um, I saw like 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 everything. All of this is in some some kid's backyard, like in the in the grass, like something crazy. Like almost like like you were just kind of like like I guess in a deep state of like, meditation, like an ant, yeah, like like an ant in 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 a whole different world, and. You can okay. never know, you know, like it's, yeah, it's just like this. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. You can really ne never know. Like it's crazy. I mean, I'm all down for a, a reality where money doesn't exist though. How did that feel like? That a reality that's, that's, that's what? Where money doesn't exist. Like mm -hmm. how did that, how did that feel? Like how were people transacting? Everybody's that? super chill, super chill. Like there's no stress. Just chill. There's no stress. That's the only thing I can. No stress. No negativity. No. Um, it's just like if you needed something, someone just gave you it. Yeah, just like everything giving to each other. Um, now I don't know. Like I think it's. I I know that I have some issue with money. Growing up where I grew up, it just caused some issues, and I'm working sure. on it every day. Um, I'm still working on it also with my therapist, but uh. But uh, I feel like, uh, and I also feel like this dream came, I, I, you know, I love money and I think it's, it's a good thing. And I think it's positive thing. It's, it just depends where you take it, I guess. But growing up, I was told always that money is a bad thing. It's negative and it's, uh, 
you know, I mm. remember my dad's face when I asked for like a little shekel, which is like, like maybe like, uh, you know, um, 50, 50, like, I don't know, like, it's kind of like a half a dollar or whatever. Less, 50 cents. Less. yeah, something 50 like cents. that. 50 cents, yeah. and uh, you know, and I asked my, my dad, and I used to see his face, and just like it's so, it's like it's so in my mind, like I remember this, like it's so, it's just like my parents always taught us that money is bad, and you know, it's just like so you right. grow up like this, and you just always think that that this is this is true, and which is not, you know, so yeah, I mean, it's. It's uh to take it to a spiritual thing. It's like it's a vibration, right? There, money is literally just a vibration, and so it's like, you know, if you're growing up being told to be in lack or scarcity of money, you know, it's something that'll probably it it's going to evade you until you go in and are able to kind of heal that aspect, yeah. right? Yeah, hundred percent. And hey, I mean, I'm right there with you too. Like, I I still kind of like overcheck my bank account too much. Like I look at it too often, like, you know, a little bit of fear with it. And so, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's just that it comes down to that letting go and being able to set that intention of, you know, I want, I'm going to be making X dollars and then just, you know, just being okay with where you're at and realizing it's all happening now. Yeah. So then, you know, yeah, this is pretty much what I'm trying to working on right now. Um, you know, we, we, cause, and you know, we, there's always something to work on. Always, always, always. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. I feel like, you know, I got this. Okay. I got, I got the hang of it. Now go to another thing. You, you know, like it's just, it's just, there's always something to work on. And I, I feel like for me that this is, this is what I'm focusing on right now. Uh, and you know, like my therapist always, always, she, she's, she always tells me, um, how, being aware it's already more than 50 percent of the process because yeah. once you are aware of the issue of the what's causing the trigger or the problem or whatever it is once you are aware it's already more than 50 percent. so and it's very it's true because you're 60 or 70 yeah yeah exactly 75 maybe yeah yeah because it's just that like the way i see a lot of things in life is like an exponential curve almost and it's like those like micro steps are like Okay, I feel that um, would be like a good example. Like it, with money, it's like, you know, anytime you hear money, right? I'm sure there's like a little bit of like a energetic like disturbance, right? Or there's that feeling of lack. And then once you actually start to like notice it, it's like that's whenever your exponential curve almost is going to start taking off with it. That's so cool. At least that's how I see it. Yeah. That's how I see it with anything that I've had. It's like anytime I've felt these like minor disturbances, whether it's, you know, with, you know, my past trauma with love or it's with money. It's like, you know, once you realize that you have those things, like just that awareness of that negative energy, you know, within your body, you can just, you know, transmute it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to say as quick as you want, because there's a level of probably like being okay to let go of things and actually like coming into a new mindset and there's a process of course. Right. But, but I, I do believe that like, you know, you feel these like energetic disturbances and then once you realize where that root is, that's when you start to hit that logarithmic. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, uh, yeah, I, I definitely feel it when, uh, I talk to, you know, cause also that's what my therapist tells me about, like, you know, when I have like an issue and, that's usually the way that she goes. It's like, where do you feel it in your body? Like physically, like what, what do you feel exactly? 
What do you feel? Yeah, you How does get, it? You've got a ther- you've got a good therapist. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> might and have then, to ask you for her number. <laughs> she's 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 from Israel. She's like she's an Israeli. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I I know. Like I have so many American friends. They're like, oh my god, who's your therapist? I'm like, I'm sorry. She's in Israel. Like she's, she speaks <laughs> Hebrew. Like I'm so sorry, but yeah, she's, she's learn she's Hebrew great. just to work with her. <laughs> exactly. So seriously, no, she's she's amazing. Really, uh, like, I didn't mean to cut you off, but so you, you were saying she tells you about like energy in your body. Like I, I want to tell you a little story that we found out together Please. that's gonna blow your mind. So I always like, I always knew that I have issue uh, with that I need to work on with uh, money, love, and food. Okay, and uh, I you just hit my you hit my big three. <laughs> And I just did not realize, like, I, I never know. First of all, I never thought it's connected, okay? Because why why would that be connected, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. then one time we, me and my therapist, like, we dive deep into it. And then she basically, usually how it goes, she tells me, close your eyes and then think about what you're feeling. And then I'm like, I feel like a, like a tornado inside my chest or I feel like a little pointy thing, like, in my stomach or something, you know, something. And then she asked me, like, what, how strong do you feel it from 1 to 10? I'm like, uh, about 7. Sometimes it goes up and down. And then uh, she says, okay, close your eyes and think about the first picture that comes into your mind. It can be any experience. It can be any person. It can be anything from your past. And usually the things that we going through in adult life, it's usually come from childhood. Sometimes even from where we are, like, still babies like inside of our mom's belly i don't know how to call this thing this a uh, womb a womb in yeah. the womb yeah in the yeah, womb yeah. so which is crazy it's another thing that she one time she took me to a guided meditation to my own womb inside myself like inside my uh, mom's belly that was intense that was freaking crazy like that yeah. was crazy but uh that's for a different time um well and, yeah go ahead <laughs> uh for the for that like yeah so the first thing she told me okay what do you think about and then uh i uh my first memory was like when i was about 10 years old and i stole money from my mom like uh shekels you know to just um basically i wanted to i i stole money from my mom when i was about 10 and uh because i wanted to buy candies and I, I always bought just candies. I never bought anything else. I would go to the grocery store. I would get a whole bag of candies and I would hide it and I would eat it because that, that, that would give me love because I didn't get the love from my parents. So I, I oh. ate it. Uh, and I, I felt super guilty, uh, under the, those three under the, the topic of guilt. I'm guilty yeah. to accept love. I feel guilty to accept money. I feel guilty to accept, uh, uh, you know, to, to, you know, I eat, you know, and I feel uh, guilty and, and I was, I would eat to feel that feeling of love and I would feel guilty and, uh, you know, I would feel bad because I stole this money that it's not mine. I'm not supposed to do it. Right. And, um, so that's, that's how it's crazy. No, I, yeah, I see it. Like you weren't getting love from your parents or the attention. So then you were stealing money because you have the scarcity mentality from them. You'd use that scarcity mentality to go then buy food, which would then supplement the love that you weren't receiving. And so then therefore it would feed that cycle of, you know, lack of love, lack of food, lack of 
lack of love, lack of money. And so then you would just use that with food to supplement that cycle. And it was all That's pretty guilt. Crazy. It was all guilt. I always felt like I was doing everything, but I felt yeah. guilty. I always felt like scared, you know? Um, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and maybe this is because I can relate to this because I know I have taken money from like my parents as well. And I know they listen to this podcast. So mom and dad, if you're listening, <laughs> I'd like to use this time to admonish or <laughs> my maybe parents heal are some not, of that. They're not going to listen to it, but yeah. <laughs> they're not going to, they no, don't have it. <laughs> uh, but that'll be a conversation maybe that I think I know because like, yeah, I mean, it's so crazy. Like even just getting away with things was something I, I know I did. There was like this, uh, it was like this bottle of alcohol that, uh, and I eventually told my dad, if my mom's listening, I, and maybe she'll finally hear this and hopefully she finds it funny, but she probably already knows. Um, I, I like, I mean, there was this bottle of alcohol and what, how old would I have been? Probably like 14 ish, 15. And I don't, I don't, I don't really, I, I remember what the bottle was, but like I took it and then like poured it into a water bottle and then like, I never even ended up drinking it, but then it became this whole, like, it became like a huge thing of like who took the, uh, the Kraken spiced rum alcohol, like it became this huge thing. And it eventually got to a point where it was a joke, but like the guilt, like, like for some reason I had like this weird pleasure of the fact that I got away with it. Right. Like it was just like this weird, like, Oh yeah, I got away with it. But, um, and then every time it got brought up, I like, there was again, this weird sense of pleasure that like, I'm still, I'm still like evading the, the, what would you call it? like the, I'm still evading it. Like I'm still getting away with it. Like it's kind of cool. But then it was, it didn't hit me till like, I don't know how long ago it was, maybe a couple months ago, probably a year, maybe it was a year ago. It kind of hit me. It was like, well, you know, although everybody got away with everybody else, I still reported back to myself and I still knew like what I had done. So I was still carrying kind of that guilt and that shame. Although there was like this weird perverse, like, pleasure in it i knew that i was still carrying it and i think maybe like it was probably a couple months ago i don't remember exactly when it was but i eventually like told my dad i was like dad like i don't know how to tell you this because he was the one that like really wanted to try this bottle and i remember i was like we were in the car and i was like it just hit me it was like you should probably tell him right now i was like dad i don't know how to like tell you this but i need to be honest but uh <laughs> it was me that took that wrong <laughs> he's like oh yeah like i knew that blah 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 i was like okay like whatever <laughs> <laughs> also when you're uh, when you're a kid like uh everything looks so big you know like such a big yeah. deal like oh my god i can't believe i did this you know yeah <laughs> and and i mean seriously like there was like this pleasure that was like in like a part of me was like happy that like i was able to get away with this and nobody knew i mean everyone had like their suspicion of who it was and like whatnot but there was no like evidence and it, <laughs> i don't know and to me it's just like yeah so uh, this actually maybe turned into some like sort of an admission of guilt towards my mom because i know she'll listen to this <laughs> at some point no now you'll have um, to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe i needed to release this like negative energy of and i even forgot until you brought it up about like how you used to take some money from your parents i completely forgot that i did that as well and i i don't even remember what i spent the money on either i don't even know if i did spend it i saved it i don't you know i don't even know what i would have spent it on maybe video games i don't know <laughs> you know there are so many things that we don't remember and uh like I mean, before I started my therapy, like I always asked, people would ask me things from my childhood. And I was like, 
have no idea. Like I have like a black screen. I don't remember what happened. I don't know anything. And then, you know, then you remember things like uh, the more you go deep into it and you talk about it. And like, I remember things from when I was six months old now. Like, it's crazy. Like, I remember like from the therapy, like I remember crazy things like, right. yeah, it's just insane. Yeah, I think there's, um, you know, especially, and this is just my assumption, is that I think what happens is in a lot of cases, maybe the trauma becomes so malevolent that, you know, your body and mind essentially will kind of detach itself so that it's not like, so that you're not a part of it. And it's almost like a defense mechanism, I think, to help you preserve some sort of identity on this earth i don't i don't know some sort of identity in your human body and so then you like separate and so then you know they you say you don't remember but your body remembers and that's where this kind of like trauma comes up and then once you identify it that's like kind of merging your mind back into your body to either remember or you know kind of heal these uh these things yeah it's uh it's crazy like uh when i was probably 17 i i did not think of bringing it up but um uh, i'm gonna say it um so when i was 17 and it's 17 okay i'm 20 i'm 27 now so that's only 10 years ago and you usually remember things when you were uh 17 and so when i was 17 you know coming up from where i came from uh you know in that religion like they separate men and women from age one so they put uh you know uh, boys and girls like in different schools and all that so uh I was like when I was 17 it's 16 16 ish it's when I started talking to boys and I never realized like so in the religion like where I'm from like there's a lot of uh pedophiles and a lot of like rape and things like that where like you know and no one really talks about because like you're not supposed to dirty the names of these these people like so even if someone knows about something they would just shut you up and be like oh sh don't talk about it so uh, for me it was like after I left my parents house um um it was like when I was 17 where I went to this guy one time and I was like super naive because I never talked to any boys and I was like okay like this guy really cares about me and like you know he really like just want to be friends with me and he had like a cool dog and like you know us where i came from like there's no such thing as dogs and stuff like that so i went to his his uh, apartment and uh you know he put something in my drink and um he basically you know did his thing uh and i didn't know about it until like 2 years ago i did, i completely forgot i completely forgot until 2 years ago and then you know i i went deep in it with my therapist and um and uh and then i remembered everything and just and what you said about like um how your body remembers it's just crazy because um it's like you know i've i'm 27 and i've never been in relationships okay i've i've been in like two months relationships not too much and i have this um there is like something that's like stopping like something that like fear that comes up I think it's kind of connected, but also, you know, there's a lot of things in it, but also where I came from that, um, it's just like a lot of fear that comes up, but, um, this is something that I think that is definitely connected to the love part that I talked to you about that 
I feel guilty uh, about like being loved on, or whatever. Um, also because I didn't get it from my parents. And when I thought that I'm getting it from, you know, some guy, right. I didn't really get it, you know? So, um, you know, but again, like I'm, I'm aware of it and, uh, I'm, I'm working on, and again, like I didn't love myself. I didn't know how to love myself. I only, re I, I only figured it out like only like a few months ago, how to love myself, how to really feel the love towards myself. And now that I feel the love towards myself, I feel like, I feel like I'm getting there. You know, I feel like I'm on the right path. I feel like I'm more whole. I feel like my, 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 uh, center a six is like stronger. And I feel like whatever, you know, like I'm the, the, the love that I have towards myself. This is the bottom. This is where it ends. And this is where it starts. You know, this is the base of everything. So yeah. Like you feel more aligned almost. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I can, I can definitely relate to that feeling. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's definitely crazy. Um, I mean, wow. I mean, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Like that's, that's wild. Um, but yeah, especially like, I didn't, I guess I never realized it could even happen that late, but I guess it can happen at any time. Like, you know, that, that mental, like kind of separation. Um, yeah, that's wild. I mean, you know, I'm sure. And I don't know if this, <laughs> I'm not really sure where to go with this, but something that it, like had me think of is, you know, when you were talking about like kind of like in, inside the womb, almost um, how you went into like a deep meditation with that. Um, it was reminding me, and this is where I kind of was bringing up like the Akashic records. Um, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but in theory, what they are, I, I guess I believe in them now is like, it's this idea of like, kind of like this next level, like a different density of, energy that's surrounding us where, well, let's take a step back. Um, where do you stand, I guess, on like reincarnation? Do you believe like that's kind of like a part of this whole thing? Yeah, 100%. I feel, I believe that we all, all of us as humans, we are part of one en energy and uh, our, our soul basically goes into our body to experience, to experience different feelings, to experience different emotions. Uh, because our soul cannot experience physical feeling or emotions. And that's why our soul go, goes into our body. And that's where our body feels like physical feeling or emotions. And I think our soul, <laughs> that's my theory. This is how I relate to yeah. it. Uh, my, our soul thinks it's funny. Like it's, it's, it's funny. And it's like, <laughs> even when we experience pain and fear, it's exciting to our soul, you know, because our soul is so excited to feel those feelings that this is why the soul came into our body. So I feel like the there's like two, like there's a soul and there's the body and there's the, it's like two different things. So sometimes I do things that recharges my, my soul battery. And sometimes I do things that recharges my body battery, like ego, I would say, but um, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just like, it's very different, but it's, it's very interesting when you notice what's, soul body soul body it's just like right yeah that, that's an interesting way you put it like with the recharging like this is for the body this is for the soul that's i think i have to try to work that into a couple things um i like that uh so where that takes this conversation is like the idea of your soul which i'm on a very similar line of thinking as to you where i personally am seeing it like that your soul right you get to 
I guess you get to choose at some level. I'm not really sure where I sit on this, right? But like once you the body dies, you like would what transcend and then get to pick what your next reincarnation is of some sort. And the thought process here isn't where I'm getting to with this is like, you know, there's there's like this level of needing to reincarnate to keep like learning lessons that you need to learn in order to get to the next step. And I guess where I'm trying to get at is like, I almost now don't believe that it completely stops like back to childhood because I have kind of, I've gotten to a point in my self discovery where I'm not sure that there's too many traumas left in this life to heal. And so I found myself discovering what were they called the Akashic, Akashic records which is essentially this, let's call it unified field in the present now that then has record of everything that has ever happened in the history of the universe. And so a piece of that, a very small piece, but an important piece is where your soul has kind of been. And my understanding of it is that you're able to tap into this to then, um, you know, access elements of your soul's history and see how they're affecting you in the present day. And I did this meditation online and then this is where it gets weird and why I'm kind of shadowing some of this with doubt is that I did this meditation where, you know, you're, you know, you become very peaceful and then you, you know, you go into this library that has the Akashic records and you see, you, you know, you get your book that's yours. And, you know, I came into a very traumatic event or at least what I saw was a very traumatic event that was affecting me. Um, and I want to keep this, oh, oh, I'm talking about it. I guess I got to go for it. Uh, mm. You know, I had quite a bit of a, you know, I, I've watched too much porn, I believe, and I'm on a path to get away from that because I think it's so terrible to actually just subject yourself to it. And, you know, that's something that I've kind of felt that misalignment within my body. It's like, okay, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, but now you're doing it. Like, don't do it, you know? And so I used my entry into the Akashic records to see a past life of mine to be like, okay, like why is this genre of porn what I'm attracted to? And what I got met with was a whole story or not like a story. Yeah. Pretty much a story of where I, and I guess I don't really want to go into the specifics here, but essentially what I got from it was that in a past life that I um, saw, you know, let's say terrible things sexually happened to my wife and I was forced to watch. And I was like, well, why did I have to watch this? And it kind of flashed back to me talking to a King. And I guess I lied to the King because I was afraid of what was going to happen. And so then the King found out that I lied to him. So then he had his guards do terrible things to my then wife. Now, oh my God. where, well, yeah, it was insane. so insane. And where I'm at is like, I don't know, I guess, and why I've kind of put this like shadow of almost a little bit of doubt on it is that I don't know if that's just a story that I'm telling myself in order to like, like, I don't know. I don't know how to take that as like, well, yeah, that's what actually happened in a past life. Or is that a story that I'm creating in order to justify, but not, I don't want to say justify because I've, I've found a lot. And this actually happened in the last like three days. Um, 
And so I don't, and so I feel like a lot more at peace with like the absence of like going into, you know, open up porn, for instance, like I have so much more peace with like actually a lot of elements of myself, you know, especially with maybe some negative thoughts I've had about females in general, or does that kind of make sense? So I'm not really sure, like what I experienced was extremely real, but I don't believe that I made any of it up, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I... I, I don't know if it was just a story I told myself or if it like actually happened in the history books of human history. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, you know, what? my something my therapist always tell me, like when I'm like thinking that I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's if like maybe I'm coming up with something. I don't know here. And she says, like, if you think of it, then you think of this it's there, you know, it's there. Like it's, it's, you don't make up, even if you make up stories, there's a reason why you make that story up. You know what I mean? Like it comes from somewhere and uh, I don't believe you making it up. And I really believe in like past life stuff. And I believe like that you can really, there's like a a lot of different things that you can do to really go deep into it. A lot of people don't really want to go deep into it. Um, I completely understand why. It's, yeah, it can <laughs> it be. It was not fun. <laughs> it can be kind of fucked up sometimes. Like my grand, my oh, grandma yeah. used to do hypnosis, and she would go to her past life, and she has a story of like how her mom died because of her. And there's like some, there's some crazy stories. Um, uh, I I definitely believe that it's real, and we have past life experiences, and a lot of who we are in this life it's it's uh because of things that happened to us in past life you know like yeah. a lot of things that we the way the, the the way we act and the way we are as people you know a lot of a lot of things is because, because of past life but i don't think you make up something like that out of nowhere you know what i mean like yeah cuz it's it was kind of like yeah i yeah, and you know what it probably is? It's probably me doubting my, let's say, my abilities to connect with a higher source. Is I guess that's the first thing I think of whenever I think of why I would doubt. You know, it's that feeling of worthiness. Wow, which is another trauma that I've had to heal in my life is it's like that feeling of like, well, why would I be able to access, you know, this history of my life? It's like, what makes me worthy? And it's like, wow, that... Jeez. So that's probably what's causing that doubt is that lack of feeling worthy to be able to do that in the first place. Damn. Um, your soul is awake. That's probably why. Like, you know, when you're awake, like if you're asleep, you're not going to get to anywhere near it. Like, I I mean, my I was asleep until like two years ago and uh, even a year and a half ago. And the past year and a half, I've seen some crazy stuff that I never thought in a million years that I've been exposed that I would experience. And it's only because I got, I, uh, you know, I woke up, my soul yeah. is awake. And when your soul is awake, you're going to keep experiencing things like that. That's just the way I see it. You know, I believe in that, you know, I, people, I think I there's see, a lot of truth there. Yeah. I mean, I, I see people that their soul is awake and they have like crazy stories, quote unquote, or like things like that. I definitely believe those stories because, um, when when your soul is awake you go on dip, deeper levels you go on like you go and you just go deeper you know right yeah i mean you can you go into past lives <laughs> yeah and it's real i mean again like i believe that people 
uh, I don't want to say it in a kind of like rude or bad way. Just like I believe that people that don't believe in those kind of stuff, they are simply not awake yet. Because I, I mean, I was there. I never experienced that before. And I, I you know, and, and some people are not waking up like never, you know. Yeah. Uh, I know some people like that. And, um, you know, I, I, I almost feel sorry for those people because like when you are awake it's like it hits a whole different level of life like it's because it's everything it's everything you don't see you don't leave the little bubble of life that you live in you just see everything from zooming out you see the whole picture mm -hmm. you see that everything and it's just it's such a good thing it's such a good yeah, thing yeah you you get like this 50 foot view of like, Oh, like someone acts in a certain way. You're like, Oh, I know why that happened. Or like, Oh, this happened. Like, Oh, I know why that happened. And it's like, it's so even in situations that you've never been a part of, like I remember, and this was probably like six months ago or something, but we were talking about some famous person who was over Saatchi. I don't know how much of you know about Versace, but he essentially was killed by some guy. Um, you know, he basically I got introduced that he was killed by some guy. And then my mom was like talking about how like, you know, Versace was gay. And then I was like, Oh, I was like, was Versace the first guy like that? This was Versace the first guy that this guy killed. And she was like, no, I was like, were the other people gay as well? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, Oh, so like, did this guy probably, and she, cause she was talking about some documentary and without even seeing it, I was like, Oh, so did this, was this guy probably also gay, but he was like from a young childhood told that being gay was wrong and like a sin. And she's like, yeah, how did you know that? And I was like, just a random guess, you know, it's like, I guess it's not random. It's just like, you know, it's like these patterns are just kind of built in and you can kind of just see them once you take the ego out of it. Once you don't, like once you don't hold space for judgment or like it's like just acceptance or something it's like this just oh it's like compassion mixed with acceptance mixed with just like taking a step back and just allowing it to be or like just viewing it as it is yeah yeah does that make sense yeah 100 percent. yeah <laughs> I didn't wow. expect us to get down this deep of a rabbit hole. That's really deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good talk. It's, uh, it's like a yeah. like a therapy session <laughs> for yeah, both I of mean, us. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. I definitely felt like at, at some points right there where uh, we were talking about, yeah, whenever I was talking about like my parents with like the money and now the alcohol thing, I think that was like a therapeutic. I'm going to have to poke my mom and be like, all right, yeah, go, go watch this. Cause I can't <laughs> go watch it. <laughs> like, yeah, just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to hide over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take a second. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I, wow. Yeah. I'm kind of lost for words at this point. Did we get to your, did we get to your four and five yes. best things? Uh, yeah, yeah. Four with a, was, uh, the therapy the and, uh, five was moving to Austin, which was like completely opened my soul. Like I felt like my soul was kind of like off in Vegas and just like not my kind of people. And then moving here definitely helped me to thrive and be like around my kind of vibe, you know, just the city has yeah. something that's amazing for me no, i can certainly relate to that idea because i mean i was in san diego for four years and then i just i've now been in porto Alegre, brazil for a month and it's just like i can feel that like i mean i'm sure there's a mixture of feelings where 
or I know there's a mixture of feelings. Like this is the first time I've ever lived by myself. This is the first time, like I've been to a different country by myself, like wow. so many first times. Oh yeah. And so I know for sure that like that has an element of it, but to relate to what you're saying is I can tell that there's also just, it's not like the final resting place, you know, it's like, not like, it's not it. It doesn't have that like it factor that I know San Diego did on my, you know, soul. Yeah. It's so important the, that to feel it. It's really important. All right. Well, cool. Um, oh, and then of course the number six thing, which was obviously coming on this podcast, of course, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> not try to say it. Um, but Hannah, this was, this was awesome. Um, yeah. I'm happy you invited me. That was great. That was really good. And I, I'm thinking about it now and I'm not even sure, like, I mean, nothing against you, but I don't know like what called me to do it either. It was just like, I saw that you did a pod, you're doing a podcast as well. And then it was like, all right, she's into fitness. And then I was just like, all right, I'll shoot her a message. Like, yeah, I'm glad you did. It's weird. It's yeah. uh yeah, my podcast is a little different. I do my podcast is more about like healthy lifestyle. So I talk a lot a lot about fitness, nutrition, mental health, you know, just like everything that's under the the topic of healthy lifestyle. So, yeah, okay. I mean it's, it's yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I mean, I just started, okay. so we'll see like <laughs> Well, hey, we all got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. I feel like I still just started with this thing too, and I'm a couple months in now. That's awesome. But, but cool is there. Uh, I'm going to definitely have some links. So if you're listening to this and you want to get to know Hannah better, there's going to be some links in the description below. But outside of that, is there anything um, you want to plug or encourage people to do or any final remarks? Yeah. So I would say just try to focus on the now. Just be present in the moment and um, just take it step by step, day by day, every day 1%. At the end of the year, it's going to be 365%. So every day, a little better, a little better. And uh, yeah, if you want to look for me on Instagram, it's going to be Hannah, uh, Hannah Noich at the end. So H-A-N-N-A underscore healthy, Hannah healthy. And uh, yeah, you can... Uh, I have a Facebook group that you can join that I, you know, I share a lot of uh, recipes and, you know, things like that, that I found if it's again, mental health or workouts or things like that. Uh, yeah. I would love to connect with more people. <laughs> I love it. I mean, Hannah, thanks again. And Thank you. honestly, something I just kind of thought of is that I think I'm going to start, I finished a digital course and essentially it's like, it kind of discusses a lot of things we discussed here about how to essentially heal trauma and then find your life's purpose with it. So I think I'm going to actually do this now. I'm going to send out uh, like a 99% discount because if I did it for free, nobody would do it, <laughs> but I'm going to send you like a discount code for like 99% off. And I think I'm going to send it to like all the guests that I've had. Um, so it, it, no pressure, but like, if you would love to just like check it out, review it, um, yeah, of I'd course. be more than grateful for it. Sure. Um, Again, no pressure. I know we're still recording, so <laughs> uh, no pressure there. But um, yeah, and that goes for everyone else that's listening. Speaking of, like, I I think it's great, but I also want to get some feedback on it, see if there's anything I need to fine tune with it and all that stuff. And you're clearly on the past. I don't. I think you're gonna watch it and be like, yeah, like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I would love to. I would love to do it, and you know, to give you some insights. And I know how it's. Uh 
it's always uh, important to hear, to get feedback from people. I do the yeah, same thing in other, you know, fitness. So I understand. With like health and fitness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I mean, a, a, a component of it is like forming a community as well. So like I have like a group chat and everything. So I want to form a community. And I certainly with people who are on this mindset, you know, because I think this Amazing. is, this is what's going to, these types of conversations, these types of people are what's going to help, uh, take us all to the next level next level yo next level, next that's, level. that's my words right there next level <laughs> let's be next level <laughs> let's all be next level yeah, yeah all right well hannah thank you so much for your thank time thank you so much thank um, you um i really appreciate you being here i love your love the time love your energy uh glad you made it out of israel glad you're able to <laughs> spend time and uh with that guys thanks for listening check out hannah's links below um if you want to get healthy if you want to get your mind right check out my links below and uh yeah let's continue to grow together